the most common intellectual property rights that are spoken of are patents, trademarks, design rights, copyright and trade secrets. The Startup Student Podcast, the podcast for students who want to be their own boss, where students and experts from across the world and I, Christine, give you practical advice. We are looking into tips all around starting and marketing your own business, as well as productivity to better balance your student and business life. Turn your idea into reality. I'm your host, Christine. Let's start this episode. Welcome, welcome. It's a new week and we are kicking off a new series, something that's very serious, <laughs> very important actually, and a lot of startups might not think about at the beginning or you might not think about it at all because you think you don't have anything that you want to protect. We are talking today about intellectual property and as you know this will be a full series of four episodes like with every guest and I do have a specialist with me even though I did some work myself in that area but just for myself actually to get like a trademark done uh, it doesn't mean that I know exactly and I would never advise anyone on anything so I'm super glad that I have with me Christopher Robertson thank you very much for joining hello welcome Thank you so much. It is my great pleasure to join you on this podcast. Thank you for inviting me. I'm very excited to talk with you about intellectual property today. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm very exciting because exciting. I'm very exciting and I'm very excited <laughs> because I this is something where there's a lot to learn, I think, and things might change in the world. And it's also always, of course, different in different parts in the world. I know you are based in the UK, but I know there's a lot of crossover and you also are able to support people with the intellectual property across the world. But I will let you introduce yourself now. Who are you? <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, you kindly introduced me. My name is Christopher Robert. And, and I've been working in the field of intellectual property for the last 11 years or so. I started out working at the Patent Office here in the UK, which is based in a city called Newport in the south of Wales, rather than in London, as you might expect. So I moved to Newport 11 years ago and I worked for the Patent Office for seven years. During that time, I was a patent examiner, and that means that my job was to search for inventions when people applied for patents and to judge those inventions and the patent applications about them for compliance with the law and then grant or refuse the patent applications depending on their compliance with the law. So I did that for, for seven years before deciding that I wanted to start my own firm particularly with the goal of making intellectual property more accessible to small businesses and even private individuals who are not well served in the current industry because of the, the very high fees typically charged by the traditional intellectual property law firms. So I started Robertson IP, which is the name of my company, back in, in 2019, just before the pandemic. And I've had a lot of fun. There's been a lot of ups and downs with the pandemic and everything else. But I've supported hundreds of clients now to protect their intellectual property, to understand their intellectual property and to make something of their creativity and enhance the value of their business. And it's been my great privilege to work with so many people on, on their various very interesting projects. So I started out specialising particularly in patents, because that was 
my principal field of work at the patent office, but I have branched out and I cover trademarks, registered designs, and I can advise on copyright and IP auditing and all that sort of thing from my background, my studies, my, my uh, university diploma in intellectual property law. Oh, thank you. And there's so much wealth of information in your head, I'm, I'm sure. So I'm looking forward for you to share some golden nuggets and overviews and tips with our listeners. I think what we're going to talk about today is more in general, what's intellectual property and why is this important, <laughs> probably. So I would like you to kick off this conversation and then I'll dive in with some questions, if that's okay. Absolutely. So intellectual property is an umbrella term and it covers a number of concepts and in particular a number of rights, legal rights enshrined in legal frameworks around the world. They are typically intangible assets and rights defining and protecting intangible assets, in particular the fruits of one's creativity and also one's reputation. So the, the most common intellectual property rights that are spoken of are patents, trademarks, design rights, copyright, and trade secrets. And just to categorize those, I suppose, according to creativity or reputation, if you will. So patents, which protect inventions, and designs, which protect aesthetic creations and copyright which protect literary artistic and dramatic works they I would say all fall into the creativity category whether that is technical creativity or aesthetic creativity whereas trademarks they protect your reputation and it's all to do with your branding and how you present yourself to the customer and how you distinguish yourself from your competitors in the mind of your customer. So that's the reputation side of it. Now, trade secrets are a little bit different to the others that I've mentioned because there's not a right per se, there's not an asset that is, you know, distinguishable from all of the other information that you have. It's more of a statutory protection in case of a leak if you take appropriate precautions. But it would still roughly fall typically into the creativity element of intellectual property because usually it is to do with your industrial products or processes things that you keep secret rather than making public and protected through applying for a patent so there is some controversy over intellectual property laws and the one that comes to mind most readily is that surrounding patents for medicines you know it is quite commonly held that patents protecting medicines pharmaceutical products do raise the prices or keep the prices high and sometimes perhaps artificially high making access to medicine more difficult for people most in need and, and for that reason at least the patenting of medicines and perhaps the idea of patenting more generally is, is not without controversy. But I think the fundamental underpinning of intellectual property as a concept does speak to our sense of fairness overall. And there's also some good 
public policy reasons behind intellectual property law. So if we think about our sense of fairness, first of all, if we look at the creativity rights, so patents and, and copyrights and so on, I think we all have a sense, even from our earliest days at school, that it isn't fair if somebody copies our work, and especially if they copy our work and pre present it as their own and, and get credit for something which, which actually is ours. It's the fruit of our thinking, our creativity. And I think everybody has that sort of fundamental sense of fairness that it is wrong to copy. And from the reputation side of things, I, I knew a lawyer who, who once said that a reputation is one of one's most valuable assets. And it's actually the one thing and the one right that one maintains even after death. So that while, while somebody who is dead no longer has the right to, to vote or the right to healthcare or anything like that, they still have the right to their reputation. And so there is a sort of underlying sense of fairness that we have the legal tools to protect our reputation. And, and, and that's where trademarks arguably come in. But aside from the natural justice, if you will, the fundamental fairness of intellectual property law, there's also good public policy reasons for having an intellectual property law regime. For example, and if we return to the controversial example of pharmaceutical patents, the, the counter argument is that, you know, while it only costs a few pence to create the second example of a useful and valuable pharmaceutical pill because you've got the chemical formula there. It can cost millions and millions of pounds to create the first one because of all of the research and development that goes into it. And if pharmaceutical companies were unable to protect their investment by having at least a temporary monopoly on the exploitation of the outcome, there would be no reason for them to invest. There'd be no good business sense. They wouldn't make any profit because as soon as they made the first one, everybody else would be able to copy and make cheap generic versions. And it's the same in all other industries. The idea of providing a temporary monopoly because patents don't last forever. They last up to 20 years. The reason behind providing a temporary monopoly is to protect that investment and to reward that ingenuity that goes into creating something for the public good you know an invention should be for the benefit of the public otherwise nobody's going to buy it and, and it, we want as a society to increase the conditions of possibility for great inventions to come out so there's the public policy reason for the rights which surround creativity and i would say that from the reputation rights, the trademarks, both registered and unregistered trademark, it is good public policy because from a consumer perspective, we want to know that this particular machine that we're buying, for example, comes from the reputable company we think it's coming from, and it's not a cheap counterfeit that's likely to blow up as soon as we plug it in. That's an extreme example, but it basically protects consumer confidence that they know what they're buying and who they're buying from and that's why it's important to be able to protect those marks of origin which is is what trademarks are so one of the things that i think it's important for me to talk about today is why does it matter 
for small businesses, for startups. What has intellectual property got to do with startups? And one of the objections, if you will, one of the questions that I hear from startups every week is, well, it doesn't apply to me. I don't have any intellectual property or I don't have any trademarks or trademarks are only for the really big companies, the Googles, the Apples, the Samsungs, not just trademarks, patents, all the intellectual property rights, because it's all about these multi-million pound lawsuits, court cases, these enormous awards that you read about in the news. It doesn't have anything to do with a small business. And it's an understandable objection because we only ever hear, of course, about the big cases between the big companies, the behemoths, if you will, of industry. But when you get right down to it, intellectual property rights are there to protect everybody and it's of vital importance to small business owners. So I will give a few examples of why this is the case. The first thing to think about is if you don't protect your own intellectual property, why should anybody else take you seriously, take it seriously? If you're not valuing it, why should anybody else? Now that seems a harsh thing to say, but it is absolutely true to say that your competitors will see that you mean business if you protect your intellectual property rights. Your customers will see that you mean business if you do it. And perhaps more importantly, for businesses hoping to expand and attract investment, investors will see that you mean business. I speak to investors regularly, and one of the first things that they always say is that if a company that they are considering does not have their intellectual property ducks in a row, if you'll pardon the very English expression, then they will not consider investing in them. So it is an absolutely essential part of any business, big or small, if they want to attract investment. Now, the second reason, and let's focus now on trademarks and the, the registration of trademarks, for example. If you do not register your trademark, and it is a relatively simple and inexpensive process, then somebody else can register it. And they may then be able to stop you using your own trademark. There are circumstances in which you'd be able to defend yourself, but they don't always apply. They don't apply universally. It isn't enough to say, well, I was using it first. You didn't register it. So can you imagine how much it would cost to have to change your domain name, to change your branding, to change your business name and all of your stationery if somebody else were to come along and take your name from you? Well, for the cost of a few hundred pounds or, you know, a few hundred euros or whatever, wherever you are in the world, it's really not worth taking that risk, in my opinion. And so the third reason is about avoiding getting into trouble. You know, we get a certain amount of education, particularly if we have a creative education in graphic design or in whatever it might be about the rules of copyright, the exceptions of copyright, shall we say, and, and how we can use copyright to our advantage and how we avoid infringing it. But actually, whenever I speak to students in these creative courses, it's often a very inadequate education. And sometimes it's a misleading education. And so it's so important for small business owners, especially in creative sector, but in other sectors too, to understand what they are and aren't allowed to do with 
other people's intellectual property and in what circumstances and to understand what they should do if they suspect that another person is infringing their own intellectual property because even if you created something and then somebody else has copied it if you just go ahead and start accusing them of social media or even by letter in a more formal way of infringement then in many jurisdictions there are laws against that and you can get yourself into more trouble than you'd be getting them. So it's very important to at least know when to stop and say, hang on a minute, I need to consult a professional before I go any further here. Um, it's important to know what questions to ask, even if you don't have the time or the inclination to become an intellectual property expert yourself. Thank you. I never thought about the the medicine actually, because of course I'm I'm not in that field and I haven't had to think about patents. Like I said, trademarks, yes, because that's more what's important in in my world. Let's say, however, very interesting and also the reasons for it very true. Because when you started out, oh, maybe it's unfair advantage because they're going to keep the price up. But then when we look at it from the point of view, how much they actually spend to get there, <laughs> that's right. They need to be able to protect it somehow and also protecting your own rather than someone else using it before, because like you say, it can be pretty much impossible to, to prove or to say that it's yours. If you haven't registered it, that's not the problem. <laughs> I remember when I registered my first one, uh, they, I actually received a lot of mail by a lot of companies that register trademarks and they look and they do that on purpose. I know it's a bit of a scammy thing. They look like invoices and they say, oh, you pay 800 to get it also registered here, here and here. And then it's like in tiny writing underneath. This is not an invoice. This is just a suggestion for you or something like that. I think people need to be also aware of that, that if you... If you do register something, you might get correspondence that you should or should not reply to. Another thing is that I received for another trademark that I got for, for Europe, actually, so not just one country, that I received a letter from a lawyer. Couldn't think of the word there. <laughs> I received a letter from a lawyer. Oh, you're not allowed to use this because we have this and that. And we, we don't allow you to use that and to register it. Because when someone registered a trademark, there's a, a period where people can oppose. And we might talk about that later on. But I received that letter. I showed it to my lawyer, actually, which was back then a co-founder for another company very ha handy, <laughs> who wrote a letter back and said, no, because yours is completely different. It's also in different categories and stuff like this. But I won't take uh, too much of that ahead because I know we're talking in more detail about different things. But just with my experience and two tips, if you get something that looks like an invoice, it might not be. <laughs> and you don't have to pay anything because you already paid to register things. And second, if there's a lawyer sending you a letter, make sure you let send one back maybe with an expert or from from another lawyer at least absolutely yeah so with regard to that first point it is sadly the case that most applicants for intellectual property rights now will at some point receive a misleading invoice and a lot of intellectual property offices around the world have warnings on their websites and they will send email warnings to their applicants about these these potentially misleading invoices one way to reduce the risk 
of being scammed in that way is to make sure that you have an agent before the each intellectual property office, a professional a trademark lawyer or, or patent lawyer in that jurisdiction. Because typically the scammers, if I may call them that, will not write to the lawyers because they know they won't fall for it. They will write directly to the applicant. And you know for a fact that if you have an agent, an address for service, and somebody's writing to you personally, it's not legitimate because all legitimate correspondence will go to your agent. Okay. Anything else you wanted to mention in that first introduction episode, really, that was already very comprehensive to understand at least in what directions we have to look into? Absolutely. Well, I, we, we'll, we're going to be talking in, in future episodes over the coming weeks about patents and designs and about trademarks. And all of them are, all, all of those topics are, are very interesting. And the idea of these conversations isn't to teach you everything that you need to know about these intellectual property rights because because that would take many years it's more about teaching you what questions to ask and when you need to stop and think and perhaps consult an expert or look something up or change course a little bit because there are so many ways of you know making mistakes with intellectual property But on the other hand, there are so many ways to derive enormous benefit from intellectual property for your business if you do it the right way. You know, intellectual property rights are assets and they are genuine legal assets. You can buy them, sell them, mortgage them, insure them and all the rest of it. And they really add value to a startup because of their attractive power for investment. And they also add value to a business seeking to expand through franchise or Coming to the end of the founder's career, he wants to retire, he wants to sell it or pass it on to, to somebody in the family or something like that, then these intellectual property assets are there as part of the reckoning of the value of the company. Yes, thank you. Okay, like you just mentioned, the next episodes, we're going to dive deeper into the different things that you mentioned. So the next one is about patents and registered designs. I'm looking forward to recording that with you and you, everyone who's listening, that will come out next week. Thank you so much for your insights, Christoph. Thank you. It's my great pleasure. Thank you for having me. That was it. Thanks for tuning in. And just to let you know, there's a free 30-day Kickstart Your Business Challenge available on my website, creativestartupacademy.com slash kickstart. And it turns your business idea into reality in just 30 days. And if you could leave a review for this podcast, please, please, please do so because it will help me with my ranking. Thanks so much. I'm looking forward to talking to you next time. Bye-bye.